I'm heartbroken right now. I'm, I'm actually heartbroken. I can feel people's lives were lost, innocent people. And I just, like, it's beyond reconciliation. It's beyond human comprehension. And I also know that I need to be a beacon of love. I don't need to be. I choose to be a beacon of love and hope. Welcome to the Stay Grounded Podcast. I'm your host, Raj Jana, founder of Liberate. And it's my mission to help you become the most grounded, loving, and authentic version of yourself that you can be. Each week, I interview experts in the fields of mindset, spirituality, and emotional well-being. My brilliant guests share their tools, stories, and unique perspectives to help you develop the skills you need to show up fully for the people and things that matter most in your life. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my dear friend, brother, um, soul brother, if you would, Mr. J.P. Newman. Now, before I introduce J.P., the context for this episode, I just want to name um, just how intense and heartbreaking the last few weeks have been. Um, if you've been on social media, you've clearly been witness to the grueling level of terror and murder and slaughter that's been happening both to the Jewish people in Israel, as well as innocent Palestinians in Gaza. And it is just heartbreaking to witness. You know, this podcast is not about choosing sides. This podcast is not about uh, making one right over the other or making one wrong over the other. It is about connecting to a shared humanity in that this is absolutely heartbreaking and that there is one enemy and one enemy only, the terrorist organization of Hamas. And I think we lose sight of our common enemies when emotions are high. I think we lose sight of our, our, our shared pain when there's a lot of noise in the air. And in this podcast episode, I wanted to bring JP on. Um, one, actually, this wasn't even planned. We were going to talk about something completely different. We had a, a pre-planned podcast scheduled way in advance, like months in advance, it just happened to fall three days after the uh, the initial Israel attacks. And JP is a man of Jewish faith and a leader in his communities. He's a serial successful entrepreneur, um, real estate investor, incredible soul explorer, and uh, a man of deep Jewish faith and somebody who really prides himself in his Jewish faith. And so although we were going to talk about other things, uh, this ended up being the thing that was so present in the field. And so we dive in on... How do we actually hold space for differing opinions, for differing perspectives, for someone else's pain when they're drastically different from you? How do you hold space for someone else's pain when you're in pain? How do you connect to uh, a shared empathy and compassion for what someone else is going through um, while you're also going through something that's incredibly difficult? You know, I don't know if I have a blueprint for these times. Um, there's certainly really isn't a, a way to be right now, I think. And that's why this podcast, I, I hope it just gives you a few more ideas, a few more perspectives on how you can navigate um, this sort of complex emotional landscape that we're in right now, how you can hold space for varying different uh, conversations, how you can be inside of different environments and still hold your own, still be with your own experience and feel deeply. And my heart breaks. I, I stand in solidarity with the Jewish people. I stand in solidarity with the innocent 
individuals in Gaza that are dying right now, and I denounce terrorism. And just even in me saying this, it's like I can feel the shared connection of like, there is a shared solution here. But until we can learn to hold space for each other's pain, until we can really learn to hold space for our own, we can't really move forward in a um, in a beautiful and compassionate way. And if you've been personally impacted by these events, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the hatred that exists in the world. I'm sorry for the it's incredible level of darkness that's unearthing right now and all of the pain, sadness, and anger that might be unearthing in you and your family. My heart is with you. And um, yeah, that's all I really have to say. So enjoy this podcast. JP is just so amazing at connecting to his own heart on this issue as, as somebody who has every right to be angry and frustrated and point blame. All I hear from him is just a shared compassion and a shared love and a connection to what's really true. And um, it was inspiring for me and I hope it inspires you too. So enjoy this podcast episode. And without further ado, here is my amazing friend, Mr. JP Newman. Enjoy. Yo, yo, what's up everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hi, JP. Hi, Raj. Oh man, oh man, this is so good. I just love you so much, and I just can't believe we're finally doing this with a mic on. I know, um, well, and also, I had a dream a year and a half ago about starting my own podcast, and you really were that support, and like, I remember sitting here jamming with you for hours of what it might be, so I'm so grateful that here we are today, talking <laughs> to your show and my show later. It's pretty awesome. It's amazing yeah. just how things manifest when we have a seed, right? And I, I... I still remember, you know, like our first little spiritual meditation retreat where we got to drop in deep together. And I was almost four and a half years ago. Like, how much have we grown? Oh my gosh. What do you think has been, if you could look back to that JP that was just beginning his spiritual journey, his awakening path, like, is there something that you would maybe say to him that would allow for that journey to be? Uh, maybe not faster because there's no skipping steps, but maybe something like, like, what would you want to tell that JP who is just getting started on the path? I don't think I could have ever imagined how much growth, especially as you get older, it's like harder to grow you. Cause you get, you know, you get more set in your ways and you think, Oh, I kind of am who I am. Like there probably won't be any major shifts. Like you kind of get, you know, you go to these seminars and they can disappoint you. You're all excited. You get out, you're all hyped. And then you go back, kind of like your weight, you go back to the same weight. Like, I think there's kind of an emotional thermostat that tends to kind of, as you get older, it gets harder and harder to change the temp temperature and vary it much. And I feel like um, I'm shocked at how much change has been able to happen. And part of it has been, um, quite frankly, the community that we've created together and the vulnerability and the sharing. Um, it's I, I guess you can maybe do this alone. You can, you can have the realizations, but then having the, the friendship and the community and like just our dinner we had together two nights ago, just, you know, to have you with my family and my sons, like where you were telling your story of how you went from, you know, kind of a kid more in your head and your journey of how you opened your heart. And like, and I've seen how much your heart's opened, like unreal. I always say by the way, Raj, I don't know anyone who's evolved faster as a heart opener than, than you. Aww, but so I saw that in you the day I met you too. Aww. There was something special. There was, there, was, there was something in your eye that I recognized. Well, I know. think that's the beauty of it, you know, like, I feel like that's what's so great about community 
you know, I feel like that your friends, your family, the people in your life see things in you before you're able to see them in yourself. And I think that's so necessary as we we're kind of growing in the world. And, you know, I, and I'd love to maybe talk about that. Like, why is it so hard to feel seen? Like, what is it about feeling seen? Because, I mean, that's honestly why I think we became so close. Yeah. Like, you saw me, and then I saw you. And yeah. we were just like, oh, man, like, it feels so good to be seen by one another. Let's hang out. Let's yeah. be friends. Let's yeah. do this. And, like, and when I think about the world and I think about everything that's happening in the world right now, like, you know, we talked about this before we hit the record button, is just that, think the fundamental pain comes from just not feeling seen and understood and heard so like why do you think it's so hard for us to do that for others when we know how good it feels um i think we get in our head and we get stuck with our thoughts and there's the, the bias of whatever's in your head if you notice people tend to hang around with people that are similar to them whether it's race ethnicity religion and so maybe it's just maybe lack of diversity of or diverse thoughts or lack of our ability to really open up to other people's experiences. I even know for me in my own experience, of course, there's a bias I live in my head, but I, I really try as I'm getting older to be more empathetic to what the other person's feeling or thinking, even if I completely disagree. You know, I think that uh, politics in America have got, has gotten, as you know, so tense. And I've really had to learn through my dearest wife, who we don't share political views, I've really had to learn how to navigate to being a better listener like and you have to be a genuine like if, if i'm not listening to her with genuine curiosity even if i completely disagree with what she's saying but i've learned if there's anything less than genuine curiosity and openness realizing that hey i can i don't have to agree with what the person's saying but i'm going to give you my full presence and respect and that changes things in a way I, and i kind of had to do that i almost had no choice because it was like if i was going to have a uh, a loving marriage like it was going to be one or the other. Like you could agree with your political party or you could go deeper and figure out how to practice love, even when you guys are in different corners. And you know, do you have any, like, as you're sitting in that and as you're speaking to that version of you who is in that, like, let's say you're holding both, right? You love your partner and you want to do that. And there's like a party that's like, it's hard. Also, what do you do in those moments? How do you deepen into love in those moments? Is there something that you say to yourself? Is there something you're thinking? Is there a way that you're practicing the love? And like, and I imagine you haven't been perfect. I imagine there have been slip ups and maybe that's part of the medicine too, is just allowing yourself to be messy. It's messy. Right. Yeah. And the messy. messiness. And maybe it is in the, the skill of repair or yeah. the skill of being able to come back to love in some way, shape or form. But if you have any thoughts you can share on that, it'd be I love my, my rabbi once said when I was, I was really frustrated. It was in the middle of the mid presidency of Trump and just, we were arguing back and forth, just couldn't get our shit together. And well, my rabbi looks at me and says, you know, seems to me you're at a decision point. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Hmm. And it really hit me at that moment when he said that, I'm like, what am I really fighting for here? Like, what's so important? Am I changing the world? Am I does my viewpoint on blah, 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 this policy really matters or really effectuating the world. And yet I do hold my principles very dearly. Like they, they matter to me. Like, you know, my values are very important to me, but I don't have to be right about my values. I can still hold my values and still listen to my partner. If I choose to love her, respect her and not even have to agree with them, but also be in a place of, um, 
like what was interesting with, with I, I didn't really want to talk too much about this with my wife, but really, I think one of the things that was cool is when you get curious, like for me, leaning into curiosity rather than um, being right has really helped. Because when you lean into curiosity, all kinds of questions come up. Like for instance, I realized that my wife is a total truth seeker. She's always looking around the corner. That's just like, that's her spiritual strength. It kind of could annoy me because spiritual truth seekers, sometimes they're, they started to extrapolate um, what's around the corner, which leads to all kinds of things. And I'm a very like, show me the black and white. It's binary. Just show me the proof. Show me the article. Show me the science study. And that's not, I mean, she's coming from a completely different place. But I think a reframe of like, wow, I have a truth seeker in my life. That's pretty awesome. Like, let her go. See the magical powers of that truth seeker. And there's times that it's going to cause dissonance and energy. But it's like, I'm now I'm looking at something bigger yeah. that ultimately gets me to happy. And again, I can still be right, but I don't need to be defensive about being right. You know, I'm not even right. It's not even right. It's just what I hold as an opinion at that moment that could well, change. I think the, the, the skill set is being able to hold the uncomfortable emotion without needing to act on it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you can sit in true. this, God, I have this, this, this desire in me to prove this person wrong. And if you can actually sit with that emotion, feel it, circulate it, and from there choose curiosity, that to me is the ultimate skill set to master. Yeah. And that's ultimately what I think emotional intelligence, emotional awareness. And from there, you can even communicate it in a way that can bring more, more compassion. And like, hey, I'm hearing what you're saying, and this is what's coming up for me as you're saying it. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I'm curious how that makes you feel. And so there's such a brilliance to sitting with the emotion instead of letting it consume you, letting it overtake you, letting it take you down a rabbit hole of being right and playing in that world of finality, but sitting in the mystery of it. And that mystery is where the curiosity lives. And I do believe that yes. curiosity is, I think, the value that I really feel like we all get to cultivate within ourselves right now. Yeah. It's you know, the other thing I found Raj and I, whether you apply it to unfortunately what's happening this week with, you know, obviously Israel's attack this week and the whole Palestinian Israeli conflict is that a lot of times I think when people just, they seem to appear to squarely disagree with each other. Like you could yeah. say that, like, what could you go, what could you look for in curiosity of a commonality? Like for instance, in American politics, you could say, Hey, we completely disagree on our politics, but I'm so grateful to be American. And I can look at you and say, I really can see you and I love you and respect your passion, my fellow American. Right. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Israelis and Palestinians could start using words like, Hey, I completely disagree with who owns this land. I completely disagree with the history of what happened, but look, we've been neighbors for 3000 years. We're actually all citizens of Arabia. We're all Arabians actually. That's because that's just a region that for 3000 years we've been trading together. We've been living together. We've cooperated incredibly well. We've managed to have these huge tolerances because imagine this, that's the fantasy of this, but I see your brother, you're my Arab brother and Arab. We think of Arab as being, you know, Muslim, but actually it's Arabia. And that's where all the Christians, Muslim, Sunni, Shia, Jewish, they've been hanging out there as nomads for a long time, doing it pretty well, but we don't, we've gotten so myopic into a battle over questions over history and documents that we've kind of forgot. Not only our, well, really our humanity. I'd love to say nationalism. I was going to say, way. yeah. You're trying to get to humanity, but sometimes getting to nationalism is a, 
is a one step up. Yeah, I mean, like it's. I'm, I'm glad you you, you know, especially coming from you as somebody who is of the Jewish faith, like for you to be saying that in the way that you're saying holds a lot. Yeah. Right, because like it is heartbreaking to witness heartbreaking, the the, yeah. the the bloodshed on both sides, the 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 level of pain, the level of like just what the fuck is going on on either side and to be able to connect to that pain to be able to connect to that and meet the other person from that foundation of like hey this whole thing is just wrong all of it and doesn't matter who's right or wrong right now it's wrong it's wrong as soon as there's innocent blood being shed it's wrong that's it that's it and that's that's that and if that's the connecting piece and it's like and that to me has been what I've been really looking for more in my life is like, how do you connect to the thing underneath the thing underneath the thing? Yeah. If you have two people disagreeing with one another, like I literally just, just yesterday I had a conversation with a friend who we were both hurt in our own ways by something that like when, when we both actually talked about it underneath the thing was just a deep fear that 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 deep fears that came from feeling insecure or feeling not enough like and we both had our own version of that and then when we got to speak about that when we got to get vulnerable and be like hey when when you said that i felt this way and then i could be like oh my god when you were doing this i felt this way and then for both of us to see each other in that like it actually it was beautiful because it brought me back to remembering that even though people have different upbringings and different backgrounds and different socioeconomic statuses, at the end of the day, we're all still human beings. We all still come from a mother and a father. Yeah. I had, I had a very similar experience. I'm, I'm going to actually, since this is the week that Israel was invaded, I'm going to share experience with you. I um, About three or four years ago, you know, I've had many Jewish friends. I grew up kind of in the Jewish part of LA. I've had a lot of Jewish friends. I'm, I'm very attuned spiritually and culturally and also his, historically to Israel and the story. And I, I met a good friend and I, we were at lunch. He was like a new friend and I met him at lunch and I didn't know he's Palestinian. He, and he actually, well, he was a Palestinian, but his, his grandfather was like the tribal leader of the, of the Palestinians. Like he was a very high up, well-respected tribal elder. And I never had a chance in my life to really get honest and real but I already had loved this person. Like, like my Brahim is like, a, you know, a wonderful friend of mine. And, uh, we had a really honest conversation and it was like the first time. And it was really, he was sharing with me his pain of what happened in 48 when Israel was formed about, you know, uh, his grandfather being forced to leave, how it affected the tribe, like all the pain and, and just suffering that, that they had gone through in 48. And I was sharing with him all the pain that my family and ancestrally, like, you know, being wiped out, forced to flee uh, Germany and Poland and, and, and thrown out. And there really was a moment. I, maybe this, I don't know if this can happen in the Middle East, but in America, there, I could really feel him and I could really feel his pain and I could see his pain. And it was really the first time that I was able to see and have a conversation where it wasn't just, it wasn't psychological wits because he was just as smart as I was. He knew all the history of his family, his tribe. There really wasn't anything and I'm very well versed, but instead of going to our intellect, which we could have done and turned it into another debate, it was, I see you and I feel you and I recognize you. You know, the, we talk about this in, in, in our liberate communities, actually, this principle of seeing through the eyes of others. Mm. 
you know, and I think what you're speaking to is that it's a practice of actually connecting to somebody else's pain through their lived experience. But I, going... I, I actually could feel energetic that I, I really was ready to weep for him and what had happened to his family. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, and I remember one of the first big breakthroughs that I had with just my, my dad actually, like, you know, four or something years ago, you know, my dad and I, we've had a beautiful healing journey. He's one of my best friends now. Like we get along so well, which is crazy to think, you know, when we first met, I remember, you know, how I, my dad and I just had a, a challenging relationship. Um, and I, I still remember the, one of the first breakthroughs that I had was me thinking about like seeing through the eyes of my dad. Mm. And instead of like looking at his, his way of being or his, his, his things he'd say or things he wouldn't say, instead of just looking at the surface being like, how was my dad raised? Yeah. Like, what did his mom say to him? What did his dad say to him? Like, what kind of a childhood did he have? Did he feel seen by his mom? Did he feel understood? Right. What was his relationship with his brother like? Yeah. How much pain is he carrying? And then when I go even deeper than that, and I go to, okay, what about my grandpa? How did was my grandpa raised? That then led him to raise my dad that way. And so if you keep going down the train of just seeing through the eyes of others, eventually you start to realize that the pain you're experiencing is also the pain that they experienced. Yeah. It's just different forms, different flavors of all the same ice cream. And if you think about it, Raj, like as I, I'm, the headlines are flooding in, obviously with all this, what's going to happen next? So it's going to be the retaliation. And if you think about whether it's Israel and, and the Palestinians, or if you think of any conflict really around the world, it could be Russia, Ukraine. It's all about recognition. Because if you imagine globally, if we could come up with, if human beings for a minute can forget this, this, I call it the illusion of being separate from each other. If we actually realize that we're actually not separate, that we're 99% the same, but if we actually took off all of our sports memorabilia, sports memorabilia looks like I'm a man, I'm American, I'm this religion, I'm this culture, I'm from this continent, like all the things we put, it's what creates the separateness. And there's some beauty to it because like, I'm sure like you celebrate your Indian heritage the way I celebrate my Jewish. Like it's great in a big world of 9 billion people to have, food and cultures and diversity and weddings. And I mean, that's all so beautiful. What unfortunately gets lost in that sometimes is we start to think that that is the way versus that is a way mm -hmm. Now that's just a way. And if we could just recognize on a global level, like my fellow American, my fellow human being, my fellow spirit, you know, in this lonely Marvel planet that's spinning around at, you know, whatever, 71, whatever it's spinning around that the ICU. And, and by the way, it's easy to see you Raj, because I know that you and I have a lot in common but what Gandhi says, or Martin Luther King, is that when you're looking in the eye of an enemy and you can still see the human, even in the time that like everything about that person, you don't want to see, you may even like be disgusted with them or even like having a completely different thing. Can you still maybe be in that place of disdain for their values, but still recognize them as a human? And that is super hard to do. That is like Gandhi power stuff. It's the skill of awareness though, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, like one of the most powerful relationship tips that I ever received was when you see your partner in an emotional trigger and they're yelling at you, they're screaming at you, or there's something happening. Can you actually witness their reaction as their four-year-old child? Can you just see actually to see them as a four-year-old? How would you respond to a four-year-old who's throwing a tantrum? Like really sink into that. 
like and and sink into the fear the need for validation the like how would you respond and and i think that like that skill of being able to truly see the pain for what it is which is ultimately what we're speaking to it's seeing the pain it's seeing the pain and it's recognizing the pain it's recognizing pain when people feel like you genuinely have empathy for them or if they feel like they're understood you open a door that's not there. I've seen it with my own relationships. I've seen. Oh my gosh! There. Like, I, and and coming back to like, would you rather be right or happy? You know, there have been relationships where I've actually said sorry, even though I don't feel like they deserved it. Right. Because I cared so much about them, and I I, I cared because I was. And, and when I connect to that pain, the amazing thing is that like, then all of a sudden they soften up. And then they come to the conversation and it, and it, and it's a beautiful thing because it takes that vulnerability, right? There's gotta be one person to wave the flag first always. And, and I think that's a hard thing. It's the hardest thing to do yeah. in, in the world. And I'm not the best at it. And it's a, it's a, it's a living practice. I think this is the living practice of becoming enlightened in a world, in the world, right? Like befriending the world instead of trying to transcend it like it's easy to be all in line when you're on a fucking mountain and just like away from the challenges away from the news away from all of the the triggers of of separateness but then when you can come into the separateness and be in that experience and still hold the frame of forgiveness hold the frame of we are spiritual beings inside of this human experience dancing with our own pain and we're not meant to be perfect yet I can bow to your divinity. It, it is the, I think that's the practice of, of embodying this work, which is definitely is. I, I had the fortune, it was really fun. Last week I was at a conference and I met an astronaut who had spent 244 days in space. He, he was the commander of um, a space shuttle mission and then he lived on the International Space Station for almost a year. And it was really interesting what he said of a lot of things. I was just, just how many human beings do you meet that have, you know, What's the throttle of the rocket like going speed? In eight minutes, you're up in space. And he said, the hardest part about the whole experience is actually coming back down to Earth because the minute, like when you're on that space station that's rolling, you feel really good when you see Earth. But he says, as soon as Earth gets out of it, because you know, you're spinning, he's like, it's so dark and lonely out there. He goes, you realize how dark and lonely and alone we really are. Mm. And he said, it's like, it's almost, I think you, I heard William Shatner say the same thing. And, and William Shatner just went up. But he's like, I've spent a year in space almost. And it's like, you realize, like, we have this glowing ball with a little thin atmosphere and that's all there is. I mean, can you imagine if you took that, that overview effect and if it was somehow, whether it was through us all wearing lenses, like we all had that ability to realize we are all in this little ball together. And if you could just pull out, like whatever you think you're separate, whatever you think your identity is, or whatever you think you're right about, or the other person's wrong about, or whatever you think your God is, or God is not, or whatever story you're telling yourself, if you just could zoom out through experience, and maybe it'll be an experience, or maybe it will just be Google Glass, where you realize that we actually are precious, each one of us, and this little earth, we're just these little humans, and it's really precious, because we don't know where the next stop is of life, where, when, how, we may never know. It, it may be something that comes to us and it may be something that we never discover. But what if we just really realize that whatever this is, is pretty special. Yeah. And you could take that with you. All of a sudden it's like my fellow human, oh my God, 
this is a miracle that we're even that we're even doing this gig right now. How are you and I sitting here with these trees and looking at these things and we're just spinning in circles at some crazy amount of speed in a dark vacuum of space with no you? gravity and we're just we're just hanging out comfortably uh, with some video cameras and our producer Alex chilling out <laughs> talking about this stuff. You know, how do you hold both frames to be true, which is that yes, we are on this rock that seems to be just spinning, you know, and we like like it's like getting lost in like the ridiculousness of it and that yeah. there's this big grand scheme of just like whatever nothingness also with the very real present moment experience that you may be in front of right like how do you i mean maybe even if you want to speak to like how you're holding some of that for yourself yeah um because you know it's an interesting week to be having this conversation where like you have really such a is. deep pain yeah and i also know how much of the deep work you've done to be able to hold a higher lens, a yeah. higher perspective. Yeah. And so like, how do you actually hold both to be true? Because they are very true, right? Like what you're experiencing today, the fear, the pain, all that's true. And this larger love for fellow humanity, this larger recognition of the divinity in another is also very true. So how, how do you, or he's like, yeah, I'd love to speak to that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's a lot of work. I think it's the practice, right? The, I think the practice is how do you hold, and Raj, I really like to you as a mentor in terms of like feeling my feelings even deeper. I think maybe that's what I saw in you when I first spotted you and our first spiritual retreat is that I was like, my God, like, I mean, you beam love, you just transmit it. So oh. it's like, oh, I want to learn more about how to do that. <laughs> that's a cool trick. Um, so I think it becomes this thing of feeling your feelings. And like my mom, my mom was, my mom's a hedonist. She's an 82 year old hedonist. She's like, I'm going to go hug a tree. I'm going to use somebody to hug a tree. And I said, mom, you can feel the pain of this. You don't have to run away from this today. Like, mm. I know this is sad. We've had a suicide in the family this week. I would pull the plug today. I mean, Aww. really, really hard stuff. And, uh, and then this, and so my mom's, and I get it cause she, my mom's a good hedonist. I learned a little bit from her. It's like, she's going to run into somebody and hug a tree, but that's her way of dealing with them. I'm not for me to judge, but I'm really trying to get more in the experience of how do you hold the pain and, and not fear to not try to brush it off and just, it can be, I'm, I'm heartbroken right now. I mean, I'm actually heartbroken. I am really sad for mm. the, I can feel people's lives were lost, innocent people. And I just, that gets beyond reconciliation. It's beyond human comprehension. And I also know that I need to be a beacon of love. I don't need to be, I choose to be a beacon of love and hope. And that's what my podcast, that's what my, hopefully my life is. So I want to be authentic with my heartbrokenness. I'm not going to say, oh, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to put some optimistic spin on it, which I've done in the past. I want to, I want to be in that for a while. I'm not going to get too stuck in it. Like I don't need to go watch graphics and I don't need to overdo that drama, but I need to just feel the feeling at the same time. Remember that we're all here to basically heal each other through love and through connection. And so if I come into the vibe of fear and like there, there's already a rumor that on Friday there's going to be a terrorist attack in America. There's a big rumor the head of Hamas that somebody's going to attack American targets. And I'm watching, I mean, seeing phone calls and people get on Facebook and don't go here. And it creates terrorist, terrorist, great terrorism. That's their, that's the goal of a terrorist is I want to create terror. I want to create yeah. disorder. That's how they're going to get my message. I'm going to be seen. That's what the terrorists say. I'm going to fucking be seen. Right. And, I choose to like, I'm not, like, I may not sit there and go to a demonstration on Friday. Like I might, I might be a little smart about it, but at the same time, that's not my energy. My energy is to help. I got three phone calls yesterday from single people, Jewish in Austin who felt really they were hurting and no one to talk to about it. And so mm -hmm. 
I'm taking one of them today with me to a, a support, kind of a solidarity conference or what have you. The other one, I'm giving her things to do. And I just spoke to her. I just like sat in the car for an hour just so she could be felt and connected to like, in other words, let's connect to our pain and remember, ultimately it's about love, but it's okay to be in pain for a while. It's okay. Like that's good, but let's lift the energy because all this pain is based on lack of love, hate, which is the opposite of love and hate, fear, lack of resolution. Darkness is truly darkness. It's a lack of being able to see the light. And I choose to do the best that I can to be a light in the world in my way. We all express our beacons differently. So I think there's a beautiful quote, like, it's like hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Yeah. And you know, like you can't fight fire with fire. Only water can. I know. And so there's this coming back to would I rather be right or happy? Yeah. Right. Like the happiness, the, 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 the lightness is, is on, is in being able to hold love and being able to be in the love and even holding your pain as a form of love for yourself because your body wouldn't be creating this cocktail of emotion, this cocktail of feeling, this cocktail of sensations, unless it was meant to, it, it was meant to be experienced. And, and I think we have this human condition of wanting to create too much bliss or just go for the highs and constantly totally. create an optimized life of on. And, and I don't think that's a full spectrum life. I think a full spectrum life involves being able to be with the depths of our grief. We will all lose somebody we love one day. That is the truth. You cannot avoid grief in your lifetime. It is a necessary human experience. It's a part of the human experience. And so when we can meet these moments, whether expected or unexpected, no matter how crazy or minute they are with full presence, I think it opens us up to what I believe is the ultimate goal of the soul, which is to ascend into more love. It's to feel these feelings so that we can- Do you know what's funny about that, Raj? Even that, like, let's think about this. What if we had the play all wrong? Most religions assume that there's a heaven that's better than earth, that earth is this physical. What if we had it all wrong? And what if like the spirits are like, it's so blissful every day. I'm bored. It's, <laughs> it's too much bliss. It's too much love. I want to be in a human body. I want to feel friction, like physical friction. I want to get scraped up. I want to, I want to cut my arm. I want to get into a fight and then I want to make up and love. I want to feel everything. Like, I mean, like that's we the- always assume it's one direction that it's better than what we have, but this is pretty amazing. And, and, and yeah, like I, I, I like, like every human, I want to, I'm seeking pleasure and trying to avoid pain. That's like the human little reptilian brain wants to do that. But maybe it's exactly what you're saying. Maybe it's the duality, the friction that that gives you life. Because if you don't have contrast, what do you have? You know, my, uh, my I, we don't know, right? My, my, my dear friend, Mr. Corey Mascara, I remember him saying this years ago and I just loved it. It's like, I'm not trying to transcend the human experience as much as I'm trying to befriend it. And stop on that one. Like, and think about that. I, I really gotta like take that one in. I think there's like, I think that's a quote. It's a total quote. It's, it's a quote. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite things he's ever told me. Most of us are trying to spend, we're, we're, we are just sitting here trying to survive this experience to hopefully be a good enough person to get to whatever that thing is behind the curtain and transcend this thing. Cause this isn't enough. And what if it was, it was, what if we flipped that on? What if we just flip that? What if it was, and that's the tantric path, right? Like traditional, like tantra, if you can go back to it, it's about meeting life fully and feeling it fully and, 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 and loving fully and losing fully 
And it is about being in this experience for the gift that it is. And that, that, that is to me, it is the more I go down my path, the more I'm realizing that that is the pathway to whatever God is. We don't know. I mean, for, you know, it's like some, it's a, I have no idea what this whole thing is about, but the moments where I feel most on purpose, where I feel most alive, where I feel most connected, where I feel most like just in my dharma is when I am fully meeting the depths of this moment with everything in me and every heartbreak, every pain and not shying away from it because you're, you're literally then somehow some way justifying the imperfection of the moment when there is no such thing. There literally is just like to think that there's anything imperfect about life is fucking insane. Think about the way that life works and look about nature. Yeah. Somehow, some way it all just weaves together and connects and works. And I think the hard part of that Raj and you're in the middle of it, like with liberate is like, what do you say to the person who's dying of cancer? And let's say they're, let's say they're young or their life's being taken early or they're suffering unnecessarily. And like, it was just, you could say where they dealt a bad deck of cards, which would be easy to say like, oh my God, this person was such a good person. Like why did this happen to them? And I know you've, you've really contemplated that deeply, energetically, what that really means. And then I guess, I don't know that I'm there in my own spiritual no. evolution of saying, I embrace this suffering, God forbid it was me, and I'm really embracing this suffering, I really get why I'm suffering, and maybe it does weave together all beautifully, but that, it's easy to say, like right now I'm sitting here with you, and my experience is besides a little bit of a tight lower back, because we played pickleball this week, um, my body's pretty comfortable right now. Like I'm not in pain, I'm in relative ease right now, I have food in my belly, I mean, things are pretty breezy, yeah. easy compared to a lot of people right now. My eyes are working. I can hear you um, very clear in my head. Um, no anxiety in my head. So like, that's a lot of gifts. And it's and so I just want to take a moment maybe of um, empathy and compassion, yeah. especially losing someone today who was um, mentally struggling, Yeah, who decided it was time to exit. So um I just want to take a moment to recognize that too, that it's, uh, I do not own, I do, none of us own this. It's, it's just a work in progress for all of us. And I'm, I'm grateful that we can have this conversation. I just want to even just recognize and have empathy for those who are suffering. How hard it is, yeah. you know, and in the words of the late Ram Dass, we're all just walking each other home. Yeah. Right. And you know, when I, when, when I, when I speak to this, you know, to me, it's hard to zoom out 60,000 feet when you're in it. It's really hard. It's really hard. Super hard. And I think that's the ultimate skill. If there's anything to build, it's the muscle of faith, right? There's, 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 a, there's a level of faith that you get. Because if you had a real level of faith in you, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going back to the conflicts because it's so top of mind right now. Yeah, yeah. No, this is just, just a podcast, bro. Like, right? this is where, like, it's just, I had no idea what the hell we were going to talk about. And this is um, it's just. <laughs> but if you really, if you really, if people, I'm going to take one step back on that faith thing. So yeah. Sadhguru, I think I don't know if I told you this or not. So I would listen to uh, Sadhguru was on YouTube and I loved it. The question to Sadhguru was, what's my God-given purpose? And Sadhguru's answer was, if you need a God-given purpose, you're probably a terrorist because it's most, more violence happens from people justifying God for their purpose. And it usually goes towards violence. So he's like, he's like, he's like you don't need a God-given purpose for that reason. What you need is deep faith in the magic of life. Wow. And just- Isn't that interesting? Like it's a very different distinction about Well, just that. to speak to that, the deep faith, 
right? Like, I think, and this is my personal belief that I do believe that, you know, I, I believe in a benevolence, even in the moments where it's hard to believe that because I've been shown enough times in my life now that even those things that I am so resistant to experiencing, to being grateful for, somehow, some way down the line, it leads into magic. And and I think that is a choice to believe that. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's not something that and it, and it's and it's and it's not something that you have to believe by any means. I think that's where when I think about this this podcast, when I think about like anybody who might be listening to this, you know, I really do believe that, you know, staying grounded is about connecting to that principle. Like when you're in challenging moments, when you're in something that feels insurmountable, when you feel something that is so painful, those are the moments to access your faith. Those are the moments to really connect to some something that allows you to go touch the 60,000 feet and not transcend the experience, but trust that even this thing that is so terrible has a, a divine orchestration to it. And I think it's so hard to do yeah. and it's a lot easier said than done. That's the work. And that's the work. That's the, the deep healing, right? That's the deep, uh, and, and you, and you mentioned, you know, cancer, you know, we, we do work with a lot of cancer patients and it's terrible to receive a diagnosis. It's world shattering. And there's all these stories that your mind goes into why did this happen to me? It's not fair. And then you layer on even more like, you know, I didn't do anything wrong, all these things. And those are all true. And do those beliefs, those mindsets empower you to get healthy? So it doesn't take away from the truth of all that. But I think one thing that we've seen just consistently is that when the individual can choose a more empowering lens, you're more equipped to act in ways that are that 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 lead to the highest likelihood of health. And so I, I do believe that and I know that may not land well for some people. I know some people may take that and throw that right back at me. Right. And I just believe in the human spirit. I really do. I believe in the, in the power of our minds. I believe that when we empower ourselves with these perspectives, miracles can happen. And when we connect to our hearts and when we see the divinity that we are, and when we fucking own our power as creators of this reality, like things can change. Yeah. Miracles can happen. Yeah. That's what's what, why you're doing it. I think it's, it seems like that's what your fuel is behind liberate just, uh, is that. Yeah. And that's why we don't even use the, like, like we chose the word liberate over something healing because to me, like it's liberation, it's liberation, which is ultimately when you get past your stories. When somebody, when life deals you a terrible thing, 
an initiation, how do you want to show up? That's it. That's it. And it's your choice. And I'll be here loving you no matter what. You're going to get love from me no matter what. And when you're ready, there's this pathway. And this pathway does take work. And on the other side of it is fucking freedom. I would mic drop right now. <laughs> <laughs> <We> should... <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to say to that. Yeah, you do. I mean, like you're, you're, you're one of those guys. I mean, like, you know this, you know, you've lived it. This is what's so beautiful about you and what I've seen in your journey, JP. Like, you know, you've, we've been on this ride together. Like, you know, the power that comes from leaning into the hard, holding space for the pain and, and the level of impact that leads to not just for yourself, but for the people around you, you know, like you become like you are a beacon of light for this community right now. Yeah, I hope so. I'm trying to be. You are. No, no I'm, I'm not letting you walk away from that. Okay. Like, you are. Like, for your community. Yeah. As an elder in the community. Yeah. I'd even say. Right? Like, where you can bring a level of, of, of reason and, 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 and an air of hope and, and a message of love. There's no way you could do that without being in your own experience. Right? And... All of this. It's hard when you really realize, like, you know, I ran all these, I haven't, I'm trying to over news myself right now, but you know, to all the world leaders and all the commentators, they're, they're reporting as to what's happening, but what they're not saying is anything that we're talking about right now about, but the only way, like, it's actually, you know, if you talk about this from a strategic, you know, is the U S going to do this? Is Russia going to react? What's Iran going to think? Like that's all just narrative and none of that changes the paradigm. The only thing that changes the paradigms is hearts and minds. And what we're not talking about is hearts and minds. Well, it's just the way it is, right? Like when I think about when COVID started, like nobody talked about exercise. Nobody talked about taking vitamin D. Nobody right. talked about getting healthier. Nobody did any of it. It was just what's on the surface, what's going to keep the mind entertained and busy. And it's just the same thing over and over and over again. What is going to keep the mind entertained and busy? That is all the media wants to do. And to embody a change, it's to be the change. And I think it's to me. And you're, I think you see what you what you're saying is so inspiring because it is like just meet. If you don't know how to make an impact, literally just touch one person. Yeah, yeah there's something they didn't talk about, um, and it's a little bit of the, it's actually one of maybe the bigger tragedies is that um, there was the, the unemployment rate in Gaza is over fifty percent. It's one of the poorest countries. I mean, the worst conditions, sanitary. It's, it's horrible. And Israel was starting a work program that was allowing 20,000 uh, people from Gaza to come work and work permits so they could earn a living because there's not job opportunities there. It, we were a few weeks of that from that permit going from 20,000 to 100,000. And um, I imagine that permit's going to be so that like, it's like the beacon of people. Like, how do you change people's hearts and minds? You got to know each other. You got to I mean, and listen, I know it's not totally, you know, people come together and say, well, yeah. But Israelis have a higher economic, and is that even? But the only way we're all going to actually see, we have to see each other. We have to be together. We have to see each other. We have to recognize each other, and we have to be uncomfortable. Like going back to the earliest part of this conversation, you might say, "Gosh, what do I have in common with that person? We're we're different X, we're different Y, we're different Z." And it's like, 
it's just, it just really is exactly what we were saying. It's like curiosity, confidence that you can be you and still let that person be them and embrace them that wildly and still be in your own power and still be in your own love and still. What is the benefit of doing that? What's what's the benefit of doing that? Which part? Just that, what you just mentioned, which is like holding space for another, like what, because like it changes the entire, it would change the entire, if you want to have a much more pleasant planet and not only just a pleasant planet for other people, your own inner experience of just like, do you want to watch the news and be pissed that it's, it's this person party said this, this religion said this, this sports team won. Like we can go on this country isn't bullying this country. Like there's just, we live in this crazy world of duality of teams and sports and competitions and. And all that is just causes internal stress. You know what's kind of interesting? I almost feel like as you're saying that, I'm realizing that like there's this level of distraction from the real root that jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing is empowering and inspiring. Yeah. There's a level of distraction from just what we've been talking about for the last 60 minutes. Yeah. Those 45 minutes, right? Like it's like that. And, and I think there's a general fear of feeling. There's a general fear of being in the experience. So we jump to just the noise. It's a system that just doesn't work, does it? And yeah. But maybe the practical, maybe this week is maybe if, you know, or just in general is like the idea of, you know, what can we do really um, stretch ourselves? Maybe like, um, the person maybe you wouldn't wear. I, sometimes like, I find the person who I'm like least attracted to at a party, whether it's physical or for some reason I'm not attracted to that person. I've learned this over and over again through baby bath water and through summit events. Like that person comes up to me. I'm like, my first impression is like, what the hell are we going to, you know? And like the person turns out to be an amazing human being, but maybe because they had a Mohawk that was pink or I met someone at a party this week who was just in the most craziest costume. And then ordinarily, she came off as so far out that I probably would have like not initially been attracted to that energy, but it was, you know, I had just more of an open heart space right now, um, which is ironic with everything going on. But um, I just gave her my, my attention. And I didn't know what, you know, like, I could always choose to leave. And there was so much beauty and so much intelligence in that person. But if I just would have looked at the superficial, like I would have easily calculated and made the presumption that we have very little in common, you know, she seems like a more of an artist hippie type. You know, she lives there. She dresses like this. She's talking about this, and you know, I'm suburban dad right now. And you know, but that's not really me. But you know, what I'm saying it's easy to like throw those labels versus like I would just really, if anything comes out of this podcast, this idea of um, leaning in with genuine curiosity. And sometimes the person that you think you're not supposed to know, or that person you don't want to go up to, or that person you think is least interesting or sometimes repelling you. Go say hi. Go go roll go roll with them and be curious as to why. I have a question that's coming through me right now. And I'm just going to trust it. What's one thing that someone has done for you in the last week that has helped you feel so seen? Um, it actually there's been a lot. Um, there's been a lot of things that have been like that. Um, but I'm actually going to give Governor Abbott kudos. Um, who, um, we don't share many political views, but I have to say that, um, after this happened and a lot of people were shaken in the community, he showed up in a way that his support and, 
uh, Mayor Watson did the same thing in Boston. There was a there was a, there was a tonality in the voice. Like they did things, and I usually know when a politician's just checking the box. And I really felt there was a presence of like, I see you guys, I feel your pain, and I'm with you. I could tell you all the policies that that, but you know, he took time and spent two hours as if it was like didn't wheel in and wheel out with news cameras, just wheel in. I see you guys, I feel the same pain, and I'm with you. And that really meant a lot to me and a lot of people. You know, when you're watching the headlines and you feel so helpless and so much loss that that these days I have so little faith in politicians, but to have a leader actually, for whatever reason, that was an important issue for him and you could feel it. And as humans, we know when something's here in our head versus what's in our heart. And uh, that really moved me this week. Mm. Can I ask you the same question? Mm. I mean, just actually, like, I had a few people give me a very similar compliment to the one you gave me at dinner the other night, which was like they saw me for my unique gift of being able to somehow, some way, like, integrate insights from life into just gold for myself and then be able to share that. And that came from a few different places. And just felt very authentically seen for my, for my gift, which yeah. I didn't think was a gift. I just naturally do it. And I was yeah. just like, oh yeah, it's just something I do. But for some reason, you kind of naming it really gave me that like, wow, cool. Yeah. And I know what it's going to lead to, and you know what it's going to lead to. But I won't say it on camera. But <laughs> you know, I've been telling you since the day I met you where this is all going. <laughs> I know your story, Raj. Oh man, JP, hey, this was <laughs> such a. This is such a deep and rich conversation and I, you know, I don't know that we've been trying to plan this for a while Yeah. and the fact that, you know, you're the person I'm recording the week of some pretty crazy global gnarly events, stuff in the world, yeah. gnarly stuff in the world. Um, I'm just really paying attention to the timing of that. I'm very grateful and this podcast really isn't a a political podcast. This isn't a podcast of choosing sides. This is not a podcast of any, it's a podcast of really connecting people to the truth of being human and to connecting to our own inner human so that we can connect to others. And I just love you so much for really modeling uh, such a, such a grounded presence inside of, you know, something that is very difficult and, um, you to show up with an open heart for you to be present in your experience for you to have so much love for others who are I just I, I am just I think there's a lot we can I'm certainly taking away from this conversation and I've been taking away from just being around you the last few days and I love you so much love you too I'd love to end with um, a little prayer for peace for um, everyone who's suffering out there whether it's man, woman, child, just anyone who's going through suffering. Um, just take a moment of empathy for me, uh, by, you know, a feeling and, um, knowing you're not alone. And, um, for those who are suffering, whether it's political or religious right now, or have been taken away or have decided to voluntarily leave this planet, I feel you. I see you. I'm sorry. Mm. Sorry. That that has happened 
and I'm sorry you have that much pain, and I'm sorry that you've been inflicted with pain, and may we all do our best to lift our consciousness through love and recognition to the next level so that all of us collectively and individually can live a more vibrational life in love, which is truly who we are. Mm. Thank you, brother. Yep. I usually end with a question, but I kind of just want to end on that. I think we're just end on that. Just end on that. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, I'll make JP's podcast contact information or however Thank you. you want to reach out to him. I'll put it in the show notes. Investing on purpose. If you want it, if you're interested in checking out my podcast, it's, it's the other side of Raj, where Raj is going deeply into the spiritual and energetic. Investing on purpose is about really about using the healing energy of currency, of money. And how do we create more sustainable business structures to create outsized returns in your life and in your finances. Yeah. So that's what, that's what that's about. That's great. Cool. It's all part of the same. Just <laughs> it's all out. part all right. of the same thing. Everybody. That's a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded. I'm your host Raj. This is your new friend JP. And from us, stay grounded. Stay grounded. With Jetson. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of stay grounded. No matter where you're from or what you're going through, I hope it helps you remember just how incredible you are and have always been. If you're on a path of emotional healing or self-discovery and would like to learn how Liberate can support your journey, head to www.rajana.com forward slash Liberate. That is L-I-B-E-R-8 to learn more about our current group programs and one-on-one offerings. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.